Welcome to the Smart Weight Loss Coaching Podcast. I'm Dr. Lisa Olson, a board-certified weight loss medicine specialist and certified life coach. In this podcast, I'll share fresh insights and effective techniques for incorporating mindset, habit change, and proven science into your life. Are you ready to achieve sustainable weight loss, wellness, and longevity? Then let's jump in and lose weight the smart way. You may be wondering which diet is right for me. People ask me this all the time. So let me help you get out of confusion. You might be thinking, should I do Mediterranean, keto, gluten-free, paleo, the DASH diet, the MIND diet, Atkins, Whole30, or (laughs) any of the myriad other diets available. Here's what the research tells us. It actually doesn't matter. (laughs) What? (laughs) Right? Such a surprise. What does matter then if choosing a specific diet isn't the answer? Well, here's what we know. Limiting portions is important. That matters. Watching how much you eat, as opposed to just counting calories, which is very unhelpful. Also, choose real food. You might think, of course I'm eating real food. (laughs) Lisa, come on, what does that mean? Well, in the U.S. adult diet, 57% of what we eat is actually ultra-processed. Ultra-processed foods can be very sneaky. I'm going to share some examples of that. 67% of what kids eat contains ultra-processed ingredients. This is so bad for our health. It's also terrible for our weight. Let me give you a couple of sneaky examples to help you understand what I mean. I'm going to read you a few quotes from a book called The End of Overeating. This is by David Kessler, who's a physician, and he used to run the FDA. He's really become an expert on the rise of ultra-processed foods and the harm that it's doing to us. In his book, he interviews executives from the food industry. They point out that 30 years ago, a muffin might be made with real eggs and real butter. It was rich, and flavorful, but it was also small. In addition to that, let me just point out that it also would not have lasted very long on the shelf. Then greed took over, and the mindset became, I don't want to sell a two-ounce muffin made with real butter that won't last very long on the shelf. I want to make a five-ounce muffin for pennies more and make a lot more profit off of it. So as a result, today's muffins are much bigger, and most of the real ingredients are gone. Instead of butter, they're likely to contain some kind of blend of shortening and ultra-processed oils. These oils are usually hexane-extracted. Sometimes the ingredient label will list palm oil or coconut oil. That gives you a clue that the manufacturer is just going with whatever is the cheapest available oil at the moment. We're using powdered egg substitutes instead of whole eggs and a whole array of inexpensive, ultra-processed sweeteners. Instead of real food, the food industry is now baking with a chemical mix of preservatives, ultra-processed oils, flavor and texture enhancers. So why are they doing this? Well, because consumers want their food to be entertaining. 
The goal is to deliver flavor in a remarkable format. So not only are there crazy tastes going into our food, but also auditory stimuli are essential for products to be winners. You want to hear some crunch. You want to hear some pop. Also, aroma is the sense of memory and has incredible emotional power. It'll make us salivate and crave certain foods. So the food industry knows that people want flavors that are bold, comforting, and unexpected. The goal that the food scientists have is to create foods that satisfy all of our senses. Hot and cooling, spicy and sweet, crunchy and creamy, bitter and salty. Putting these together along with enticing aromas creates this multi-sensory experience and what they call a flavor utopia. We are being so manipulated. So people want this excitement, amazement, wow, wow, wow. And yet we know that this isn't helping us to regulate our relationship with food, right? Food is entertainment when it's processed and created like this. So let me give you another example. I was speaking at a middle school last week, and I went to the grocery store to find some examples of foods that the kids might have in their own pantries at home, and I decided to pull out creamy peanut butter. So I got Jif brand peanut butter, and I found another store brand that was organic and just had two ingredients. This organic store brand had roasted peanuts and salt. That was it. When I turned over the label of the Jif creamy peanut butter, in addition to the roasted peanuts, there was also added sugar and molasses, so a couple of different kinds of sweeteners, but also mono and diglycerides, further enhancing that sweet flavor. There were also multiple oils, fully hydrogenated vegetable oils, and um, salt. So they took, (laughs) Jif took, what is a pretty healthy product, just with nuts, crushed up nuts and salt, and made it into what I would consider to be a pretty ultra-processed monstrosity. So the challenge is you can't tell this when you just look at the label. If you're just looking at the front label, I'll tell you, the GIF label was kind of more appealing. It was colorful. It was a familiar brand that I recognized from my childhood. I could so easily have grabbed that as the peanut butter of choice for my own kids or for myself had I not flipped it over and gone to the bottom of the nutrition label to read the ingredients. Of course, we're not just eating the peanut butter on a spoon. (laughs) Well, sometimes people are. But in this case, I was imagining, let's put it on some toast bread and make a sandwich. So I pulled a common bread, Pepperidge Farm whole wheat bread from the shelf and flipped it over to look at those ingredients. And I think this is so interesting. Pepperidge Farm, to me, before I uh, before I worked on weight loss for a living, before this was my profession, I always thought that was a pretty healthy looking bread. Why? I don't know, maybe because it was brown. (laughs) There was something that looked very natural about the packaging. I was very fooled by the label on the front of the product. But when you turn over the Pepperidge Farm whole wheat bread, 
I'm not going to read you all of the ingredients, but let me just call out some interesting things. First of all, there are a couple of different sweeteners. There's sugar, there's honey, there are monoglycerides. Why do they put multiple different types of sweeteners in products like this? Well, because then you don't have to list sugar as the number one ingredient. So when you add up all of the different kinds of sweeteners, it might be that most of what you're eating is a giant sugar bomb. But when products have sugar and honey and molasses and acesulfame potassium and date syrup and on and on and on and chemical sweeteners, well, then suddenly these can all drop lower on the ingredient list because each one individually doesn't take up much room. So back to the Pepperidge Farm whole wheat bread. In addition to the sugar, the honey, there's also soybean oil. And I promise you, someone is not taking soybeans and cold pressing them to squeeze out the oil. No, this is an industrialized, mass-produced, hexane-extracted oil. We don't want to eat this kind of oil. There is calcium propionate. There's sorbic acid. Why do you think these breads can sit on the shelf for months without getting hard or moldy. It's all of these chemicals. There are monoglycerides, there's soy lecithin. There's also a chemical called datum, D-A-T-E-M. What is it? (laughs) I'm going to try to pronounce it for you. Diacetyl tartaric acid esters of mono and diglycerides. It's just a chemical. It's also got a chemical name, capital E, 472, small e. This is often added to crusty breads and rye breads to give it kind of a springy, chewy texture. So this is something, if you made toast, a toasted bread peanut butter sandwich, you might think you're getting something really healthy. But I want you to get into the habit of flipping your packaged foods over and reading the labels. Now, let's look at why a poor diet has become so ubiquitous in this country. In fact, let me point out that a poor diet is not only a huge cause of weight gain in this country, but it's also been identified as the number one cause of preventable premature health. So what do we consider a poor diet? (laughs) I think I would have been completely vulnerable to believing a Jif peanut butter and Pepperidge Farm bread sandwich was actually a healthy choice, right? Until you're reading ingredient labels, you wouldn't consider that to be a poor dietary choice for lunch. But now that you know all of these hidden ingredients and you're starting to look at them, you can find ways to improve your diet. So a poor diet not only has a lot of these ultra-processed ingredients, but it doesn't have a lot of vegetables, fruits, nuts, beans, lentils, whole grains, and plain old water. So as we come back to thinking about which diet is right for you, I'll quote the journalist Michael Pollan, who says the right diet includes real food, not too much, and mostly plants. I love that quote so much. It's actually the subtitle of an old book he wrote called In Defense of Food. Real food, not too much, mostly plants. The best diet is also the one you can stick to. 
So I really don't recommend choosing a diet that is so aspirational that you're never going to be able to eat that way for the long term. For me, I come back to the idea that you just start injecting, inserting healthier choices into your everyday meal plan. Get out of analysis paralysis that you have to commit to one style of eating or one specific diet. Simply make your next decision the healthy choice. You don't have to create an entire program that's going to take you a week to design your protocol or maybe many months researching, researching, reading, watching, you know, videos on YouTube, all the different ways to consume information about what might be the ideal diet for you. No, no need to do that. Instead, just make that next decision your healthy choice, which reminds me. What is your NBA after this podcast? Your next best action. My NBA, after I leave here, I'm going to go down to my kitchen and grab a piece of very simple bread, one with whole grain flour, yeast, water, and salt. I'm going to toast it and I'm going to smush an avocado on top, maybe just a little sprinkle of salt and pepper. Be sure you set your MBA for you today. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like more support during your smart weight loss journey, check out our group coaching program at smartweightlosscoaching.com. Until next time, stay well and stay smart.